Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. We are at episode 110. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. Fast at work here on a Friday. Happy to have some incoming work. States are opening back up. How about you? How are you? Well, Indiana's been open for a week. We've had a small trickle of work. Most offices I talk to have problems getting the PPE required to open. Yep. Sounds like a lot of them are getting them early next week, and they plan on opening up, and they say their hygiene is full. So it's all a good sign. Yeah. I know. I think people are excited to get back to normal. Maybe not excited, but looking forward to getting back to normal. And a lot of people care about their teeth and our industry is ready to go. So I'm very optimistic as usual. Did I see that Florida is allowing dental offices to open May 4th? Yes, you did. I've actually talked to a couple of my wonderful clients today that are preparing themselves and letting me know that they're open. And so, yeah. We actually got in, I know you're going to be shocked, but 60 scans in today. So it's Friday. It's the first. Uh, We went from 30 to 60 overnight. So I think it's just showing that there are offices that are opening up and starting to prep work. So good signs to come. Again, still more than I get on a regular day you get during the pandemic. (laughs) Yep, I know. Sorry, but no, it's a good it's, thing for us, I guess. It's a great it's a sign. sign. It is a good sign. Yep. We want to see numbers going up in our industry, but going down in the numbers of cases and deaths and all that. And it seems to be trending Bingo. that way. Yay. So happy. So I saw that you made the cover of IDT Magazine. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I haven't seen it. When did you get it? I don't get it because mine comes to the lab and I haven't been to the lab in almost two months. But I saw the digital version. That's out. That came out Mm -hmm. today and exciting stuff. You're talking about you passing on the legacy to your kid. Yep. It's very cool. Well, you know how much I talk about that on the podcast that I love the fact that we are uh, a very deep industry with family. And, you know, my dad taught me and I'm teaching my son and they reached out to me after I spoke at the NADL. And I said, sure, I'd be happy to talk about that. So thank you. I haven't seen it yet, but thank you. I I looked at it and approved it. And so I'm super happy for my family. Yeah, it's a very good article. I enjoyed reading it. And speaking of family, we have an interview that we did today that is a whole bunch of family running this thing. Wow, way to segue, partner. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. So this week, we take a break from all the great conversations we got while at LMT Lab Day Chicago. Barb and I had our first post-COVID-19 remote recording. I can't believe it took us so long to actually record <laughs> But we had so much content from all of our live recording, honestly, we didn't need to. It's hard to have a conversation now that we don't talk about the virus affecting our industry and the world. When we originally set up the interview, we were in Chicago, and of course, times were a lot different. But because of recent events, the conversation took a completely different turn. So we wanted to get it out as soon as possible while it's still relevant. Barb and I had a great conversation with some folks from Panthera Dental out in Quebec, Canada. We were joined by the co-founder, Beatrice 
Rubichard, which I'm sure I butchered, but she'll correct me during the interview, (laughs) and Senior Vice President of U.S. Sales, Kim Solomon. Why we did talk about how Panthera got started, and our original plan was to talk about what Panthera does, we do talk about their sleep devices division, and that quickly turns into the importance of teledentistry and what Panthera is doing about printing of PPE for the frontline workers during the pandemic. Now, this was also the first long recording we did while I was quarantined at home. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure there's dogs barking. Yeah, so between the wife working from home, the kids being on video games, the internet was a little spotty, and I actually get dropped mid-interview, but Barb, you did a fantastic job finishing it up. Thanks. Please join us as we talk to Beatrice and Kim from Panthera Dental. Barb, I got a call from a doctor who's looking for a new lab. What? That's awesome. Did they start to send you work yet? Yeah, but unfortunately her impressions are terrible. Miss margins, distortions all over. I don't know what to do. Well, she's probably looking for a new lab because the last lab stopped taking her impressions. You know, bad dentists, they go from lab to lab to lab. Yeah, that's probably what she's doing. But you know, I just got this account. I don't want to lose it. When I talked to her, I asked what impression material she was using, and it was some brand I've never heard of. Yeah, there's a lot of crappy impressions out there. I don't understand why offices use cheaper materials to save money up front, but in the end, it ends up costing them twice as much, and with all the remakes for us and for them that they end up doing. And, you know, we gotta eat the remake costs. Yeah, that's so true. I really wish I could find an impression company I could rely on for help, and the doctors can get the help they need for us to get the records we need. So there you have it. Check out Kettenbach. This German-manufactured impression materials taking the U.S. by storm. Not only do they use top-notch patented technology, but they have a dedicated customer service team that will work with your accounts, which is amazing. Interesting. So do I just call the doctor and tell her to switch? You know, what if she doesn't want to? Well, you know how doctors are. Most of them are pretty open and say, hey, if I can do better, please let me know. So if I was you, I would tell her to call Kettenbach Direct, give her the number of 877-532-2123. They've actually got a $99 starter kit. They will put her in touch with a local rep. And they also have a lot of materials that labs use every day, like the Panacell Lab Putty Hard and Lab Putty Soft. They've got Soft Reline. They've got bite registration material. And when a lab orders, guys, listen up, 25% off your first order. All you have to do is mention the code Dental Lab Podcast 25. Plus, they sell direct, so there are even more savings. Whoa, wait a minute. I've heard about that lab, buddy. We use it here in our lab. I didn't even realize it was made by Kettenbach. That is amazing lab putty that our technicians love. I'm going to check out kettenbach-dental.us right now and then call my new doctor. So just hearing Elvis say it's an amazing lab putty, there you go. There's a super awesome recommendation. So call him. Thanks for your support of the podcast, Kettenbach. Thank you. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. 
like to welcome to the podcast, and it's been a while since we've done a remote recording with all the live events Barb and I have been at. <laughs> I think it was Cal Lab. I met up with David Kim Solomon. Do you go by Kim? I go by Kim. Kim. Kim Solomon, who's the vice president of sales for Panthera Dental. And he introduced me to one of the co-founders, and I'm probably going to butcher your last name. So oh, yeah, he, he will. <laughs> trust me. Get ready to be famous. Beatrice Robichard. Uh, almost. Almost. Robichaud. Ah, Ro- Robichaud. Well, in French, I will say Robichaud. Robichaud. I like okay. it. There we go. <laughs> so you guys are from Panthera Dental. You're the big purple panther company that we all know about right yes that's us we're the the purple panther that's been on the market now for um since uh seven years uh, eight year now yeah when eight, 20, years. 20, eight wow. years so tell us the history beatrice of how this all came about i mean what made you get into i mean you're a lot more than a bar company now but what made you get into the bar business the story is, uh, as a matter of fact, it's uh, coming from my father. My father is a dental technician, been in the industry since uh, the 80s. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, he graduated in school in the 70s. And my father in the 80s had the opportunity to um, uh, to meet uh, Professor Branamark in the beginning of the oh. 80s. As a matter of fact, he did invite him to come and talk about dental implant in Quebec City at the Chateau Frontenac. When Professor Branamark came to Quebec, uh, my father explained to me that all his colleagues, older dental technicians, laughed at my father, saying, they were saying, Jean, that implant will never be a thing, okay? Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny when you think about it. In the same like year or two after, my father was starting to travel a lot in Europe to, um, to see how dental industry was doing in the European country, like in France mostly, because of the language, obviously, mm-hmm. since we speak French. And he had the opportunity to meet another guy that is known as Professor Zuret. It is said that Professor Zuret is the godfather of CAD CAM industry. Like, he was one of the first to bring computer to manufacture something. The thing is that what happened, it's always an economical situation, is that in the same year, 1985, François Zuret in France shown his first dental crown, like CAD CAM manufacturer crown, in the same year, in Sweden, we had Matt Anderson that presented his first dental crown. And in the same year, in um, I'm not too sure it was Germany or Denmark, something like that, the two brothers from Serec showed their first dental crown. The difference is that Matt Anderson had Nobel Pharma, that is now Nobel Biocare, that decided to join their force together. And the mm-hmm. second guy, I don't know their story exactly, but again, they had money. And François Duret was unfortunately the guy without cash. Uh. So that's what happened. Unfortunately, the guy didn't have the opportunity of the two other. Well, things said, my father met those two guys. And at that moment, he didn't know, but something started to grow in his head. And it took another 15 years to be in 2000, where my father decided to bring CAT CAM and implantology together. He used to be a consultant for an old uh, Montreal-based company. You might have heard that, or maybe you even tried it. I know, Barbara, you've been in the industry for a while. It was mm-hmm. called Sinovad. I don't know if you remember that name. Vaguely, yes, I do, actually. Wow. Sinovad was a, a, a Montreal French association dental company that they were able to get funding from the government of Quebec. Unfortunately, that company were, first of all, they only wanted to do crowning bridges and they were not interested to do implant supported CAD CAM solution. 
And one of the associate was, as a matter of fact, uh, he did stole the money of the government and ran away. Hmm. Uh, so the company kind of died by itself because of the situation. And out of Sinavad, a few member, original founder of Sinavad, an engineer, started their own company that today is known as Dental Wings. Hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so Crazy. we're back in 2000. So 1999, my father was trying to say to Sinavad, let's do implant CAD CAM and so on, but they were not interested. So 2000, my father met a very good dentist that was uh, focusing on implantology. And then my father at that day was the owner of Bego Canada, mm -hmm. a little like Bego USA. So he had his own division here in Canada and was selling dental product to dental lab. Mm -hmm. And so he brought his company, Bego, he brought his dentist and he started a project of developing a CAD CAM software to do implant-supported product. And in province of Quebec, the dental industry is very pro-implant bars, like removable is something super huge in province of Quebec, uh, probably a culture thing, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So my father used to cast implant bar, and he was, in fact, known in the industry to be one of the rare guys that could cast in one piece, first try, full succeed, a hybrid Montreal type of bar without to have to readjust the casting at the end. That was quite a challenge. He didn't have to cut the bar and re-solder no. it five times to get it to fit? Because that's how I remember no. casting bars. No. Yes, that's how I remember it as well. <laughs> no, that, Those were the good old days. That was my father's skill, not having doing that. So awesome. he said, if we succeed with an implant bar using CAD CAM technology, that is probably the most challenging CAD CAM solution we can think of. He said, let's start by the most difficult one, and then after, it's going to be a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. So he worked hard, and in 2003, we were able to manufacture the first implant bar with our own technology. And at that moment, we started to you know, continue developing the concept, the software, and so on. In 2006... The project finally got a name. It was called BioCAD. Mm -hmm. At that moment, personally, I joined to be the director of sales and marketing at that moment. And so I started to sell the solution. We used to sell this laptop. Some people might have seen it. There was a big eagle, red eagle. I was paint on the actual laptop by, uh, you know, those uh, special guys that do the paint job on Harley Davidson? You know, yeah. the flame. Well, We hired one of those guys. He was mm -hmm. painting with car painting on the computer, on the laptop, the, our logo, the Red Eagle. Mm -hmm. And then we started to sell that in Canada, in France, and in U.S. And I know in U.S. people started to call us the Red Eagle. I remember those boxes when I was just getting into the industry. Totally. You see? Yeah. yeah. And then it took not even three years that we got someone at not out the door and says, hey, we want to buy you. And it was Nobel BioCare. Wow. So they make a full acquisition of the company in 2009. And then the year after, well, the year after, the months after, we went to IDS in Germany. So with our software and the, if you remember, the Optimate Scanner, we sold within five days of IDS more than 400 full systems. That was like never seen in the industry. Wow. Unfortunately, as a lot of company, what happened is that when you acquired by a big player, they slowly start to kind of borrow the inventor and make them forgettable. And that's exactly what happened in 2011. They had a completely different vision. They were not interested by what we have to do and all the project. So they just fired us. Mm. And then at that moment, my phone started to ring and ring. And customer all around the world that had my personal phone call says, Beatrice, 
when are you going to do a BioCAD 2.0? And then I told my brother, Gabriel, what we should do? He says, let's do it. And then it took us a year to set up the project. 2012, we started Pentra Dental, as we know today. Wow. So you guys sold to them. And then the vision changed and then you left and uh, obviously you left in a bad way, but then you opened, that's when you created Panthera. That's an amazing story. Love it. <laughs> Me too. So your dad must have inspired you and your brother. I didn't realize your brother was in the business either. Oh, it's a family-based company, Barbara. I work with yeah. my brother. I work with my mother. I work with oh, my Lord. other brother. I <laughs> work with two of my cousin, no, three of my cousin. I work with my best friend, my best wow. friend cousin. And hundred more employees that I used to know now, but uh, I mean, didn't know before. That's awesome. Wow. I love that story. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. How did you come up with the Panther logo in the name Panthera? I mean, should I really tell that story, Kim? That is the most boring story ever. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a good purpose. So, uh, no, I mean, you know, when you start a business, you know, you register to your government and then you probably have a number business like 9104 uh, Quebec Incorporated Business. It's, you still, sure. okay, how are we going to call it? Sometime, you know, straight ahead the name of your business, but you, we didn't. We knew we wanted something to happen, but we didn't add a name, neither a logo. And we found that website called 99logo. Uh, yeah, 99logo.com, okay? Something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. It's a website for $99, you can buy a logo, <laughs> okay? And there's hundreds of thousands of possible logo on that website. And I remember for $139, when you buy the logo, you get full exclusivity of the logo. It, like you own it, okay? Sure, yeah. So for three months, the first three months of the company, we were six at the time, the sixth uh, founder of the company, and then my brother says, okay, guys, we sit down every day, one hour per guy per day on this website, and we check logo. And you just go randomly check logo. And if you find something interesting, you let us know. So we found for three months, one hour per day, six person checking stupid logo. Wow. After three months, my brother says, I got it. And I was in the office that day. I says, what do you got? You know, not remembering that we had this task to be done, you know. And then he said, a logo. And so we all went to his computer screen and we saw this little panther. And he looked at us and says, we got to call ourselves Pantra Dental and we're going to be purple. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm fine with that. And I said, why purple? He says, well, he said, well, Beatrice, Nobel is red. Zimmer is blue. Biomet is green. No one is purple. Just let's do purple. Smart man. It works. I love it. <laughs> That's how we found our name and logo and color. That's it. Well, I remember at Lab Day, it was easy to tell you guys apart with the purple ties. Yeah. I mean, there are tons of them right <laughs> totally. Oh, we got the purple tie. We got the purple converse. Uh, we got the purple shirt this year. What else we got also? Uh, a couple of other stuff and uh, the purple bow tie, the 3D printed one two years oh, ago. Yeah. So I see you guys on Facebook a lot and everybody speaks very, very highly of your company. Uh, top notch, you know, top quality. We've got all kinds of things going on. Kim, if you don't mind me asking, how are you and what is your role there? I'm doing well. Thanks, Barb. My role is the senior VP of sales for the United States division. Mm -hmm. I basically met Beatrice and Gabriel when the acquisition took place at Noble BioCare. At the time, I was the Noble Procero product manager, you know, working in correlation with the all-on-four launch and all the other uh, implant strategies that Noble Procero was putting together. And knew them, knew the products real well. 
course, watched what transpired and things happened. And as fate would have it, you know, Noble BioCare went through uh, its Danaher acquisition and uh, it sort of provided an exit for me. And so by chance, Beatrice and Gabriel and I were able to reconnect in the fall of 2016. And they offered me a position to come on board to actually finalize and put together a U.S. Panther Dental Corp. that uh, would have its own sales team. We're a completely distributor base for Panther Dental Canada, but it's our primary product. That's all we sell. That's all we, uh, we work with. So we put together a 10-man team. Mm-hmm. And from that, uh, half of that team works over on our restorative side, which is our implant bars and our, our maxillofacial products and soon be launched a, a subperiosteal implant. And then we have another four to five member team that's running our sleep appliance, our VSAD appliance for the sleep apnea market. So it's a little diverse. It's two different channels. Um, both of them are growing nicely. The sleep is growing a little faster pace just because it's newer. There's more people that are getting into it. Dentists are beginning to to see the revenue channels and jumping into the opportunity that's opened up there. Uh, but uh, the implant bars have been very successful. It's a very stable market, and, and we've seen some nice growth. Can you expand on the sleep? What are you doing? How are you doing it? What What does that look like? I can, Beatrice. You want to give them sort of an intro on, on how we, we got started and what we did? And then I can jump in with uh, just uh, where we are today. Yeah, sure. The sleep industry is because, uh, as I said, it family-based company. So my father used to own his own dental lab a couple of years ago, obviously. And then he started the lab with his sister. And when the 2000 started this whole BioCAD project, I told you earlier, my father was not anymore running the lab with his sister. His sister got full full time in, in the lab mm-hmm. by herself. And then she started to do a sleep appliance that was like a, a kit, you know, that you buy. It was a French product. She bought it from Lyon in France, and then she had to assemble the appliance and, and, you know, manufacture it by hand and sell it to local dentists. And this company that was called Narval, they came to Quebec and met my father because I told you my father was the owner of Bego, a dental distributor of product for Dental Lab. So that was obviously a very interesting choice of partner to distribute a a kit to sell to Dental Lab to produce a, a sleep appliance. So they came to uh, to Quebec City to, to meet my father. And back in the days, we were about 2004, 2005. Uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. And my brother was already working with my father in the future project that become BioCAD. And he met this gentleman and he spoke about the kit. He wanted to sell the kit to Canadian, you know, and, and that my father could distribute the, the kit and so on. And my father's was, you know, he was about to just leave Bego and then be full time with BioCAD. So he was not interested. So the guy literally went outside, called a cab. Before the cab arrived, my brother ran outside and says, no, 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 come back. And the guy came back in the office to sit down. My brother says, hey, just got an idea. Let's take your kit and make a software out of it to produce a CAD CAM produced wow. sleep appliance. The guy loved the idea. So he went back to France. He contacted the French government, the research center of, of the country, and it started to figure out a way to produce an appliance with a biocompatible uh, C-mark, El Canada FDA approved material. Meanwhile, in Quebec, my father started to develop the project with my brother of developing a full software to design an oral sleep appliance and to produce it. One year later, the world first CADCAM sleep appliance was produced, and that's where it started. We sold to Nobel Bauer, Narval sold to Resmed. 
that is well-known company that sells CPAP machine. And unfortunately, the project died. Mm. Rasmed and Nobel Biocare were not able to find any partnership to continue the development. And the software was owned by Nobel Biocare and Rasmed only owned a license of use. So it kind of died by itself. So how we get in with Pentranental is because one of the local dancers in Quebec City that used to work with my hand, and he called her and he said, hey, you know, guy, I, I really love that product because, you know, he was his first patient. The guy I have sleep apnea diagnosed and he wear a novel appliance. And he said, the product is really fine, but I think we still have you know, like a version two to develop. And he says, now you have started Pentranental, you have software programmer. I mean, why we don't start a brand new project, you know, from that and make a second version, like a better version of it, you know? And I called my aunt called us, my brother and I, and she said, hey guys, why we don't do that? So she joined Pentradental with us and we started the project. And a few months later, we printed our first next generation of a sleep appliance. And from there, we started to do the, the selling all around uh, America. Wow. wow. So they're printed, huh? It's a great story. Yeah. It's a printed byline. And, and really what brought this all together was the sleep industry about five years began to change in the United States. The golden standard, of course, for sleep apnea has always been a CPAP. Yes. What the pushback was uh, conformity for the patient to use it. If you don't wear it, you don't get treatment. And so all of the morbidities that began to accelerate sleep apnea, of course, uh, diabetes, stroke, heart, uh, even uh, mental stabilities, capacities uh, begin to kick in as you begin to you know, have prolonged sleep apnea. It began to be- wake up an awareness in the United States. So the dental and the medical community were totally separated, and they weren't going to come together. Well, there was some change in the insurance coding on how sleep appliances, especially herbs and tapped, you know, with first generations that came out. There were some changes in there on, on how they could be applied. Medicare was driving all of the basic funding for this. But then private insurance companies began to get on board because they began to see the opportunity. This shift started happening around the time frame, early 2017. 2018, there was a phenomenon that took place that was the first in the industry, meaning Narval decided to close their sleep appliance product in the United States. And this really opened the door for Panthera to step in and accelerate our platform. As we were the only other nylon printed product, which is very light, very durable, and it allows us to address 98% of the sleep apnea conditions uh, presented to us, it really helped accelerate our platform. So we grew exponentially over the last two years, and it's been really a uh, sort of a gift that was handed to us. They called it a Christmas present, but unfortunately, we had to work really hard for this one. So uh, we've made the best of what of that opportunity has allowed us to kind of expand our platform. So. We see it as a viable option. We chose a different path in how we actually distribute our clients. We do it through our partner laboratories, and we went and approached the top six orthodontic sleep labs in America, and we partnered with them. And so we helped drive the business through the laboratory base, which is our core competency as working with implant bars. So the other companies are direct-based companies, and we work through these exclusive distributors. So a little bit different model. But at the same time, it allows us to keep the laboratory in the mix within the business. Yeah, that was actually going to be one of my questions. Or my next question is, how do you market? How do you sell? So basically, you're selling to laboratories and partnering with laboratories, which I love. It's awesome. Yeah, that's, it's interesting, as Beatrice said, how this, this whole product segment began to accelerate. They're the key players that have always you know, worked with dentists that, that were the, the early adapters into sleep. 
and of course the original products were made with acrylic they were made with uh, some alloys they had screws and some of them still incorporate the mechanicism in it but most of them have moved to you know much more advanced materials and we're seeing that they wear better there's more compliance with patients now insurance companies are actually paying for these to be remade and readjusted every three years so oh, wow. it's, it's turning into I know at my lab, I get asked quite often if we make sleep apnea devices, and I honestly say no. Is Panthera somewhere that a lab such as ours could just pass through and utilize you guys to service our doctors? Exactly, Elvis. That's the beauty of our product is it's easy to get trained as a dental technician of what you need to know to support your dentist with such a product. And yes, any lab... Uh, can join us. I mean, obviously, we try to support, you know, the bigger volume because it's sure. a logistic question at the end of the day. But we do have a couple of smaller labs, you know, that kind of do, I don't know, four or five cases per month, you know, to support the local dentists. Because it's real that if you say no, you know your doctor is going to still want one of those appliances. Oh, and yeah. then they're yeah. going to have to call another lab. And you have a risk that they love the service and whatever the reason. And at some days, it's, oh, by the way, can you do this crown also for me? And then not because they, they don't like you, just because, you know, life is like that sometimes, an opportunity, a momentum. So instead of having a chance to risk this momentum, it's an opportunity for you to, you know, uh, widen your range of offering and adding sleep apnea appliance and keep your dances with you. You know, and Pentra, as I said, my whole company is based on the fact that my father is a dental technician originally. So that's how I think, that's how I believe, and that's where I want to do the difference. So we are equipped to support you and learn it properly so you can had this kind of product and make sure that you will be able to answer the question from your doctor and make sure that you prepare the model or the scan before sending to us so that the design will be optimal and so on. So yes, a lab like yours or any other lab can join on that product line. And believe me, and Kim can confirm with, with the number, I mean, we're really at the tip of the iceberg of the potential market in America. It's amazing how many patients need a solution. And no, it's not the amount of dances that you sleep at the moment and the amount of lab, it's far to be enough to support the whole real demand that is growing year after year. Sure. So what's the learning curve like for a laboratory that wants to get in? Do you guys go out and do a training, webinars? What, what does that look like? We do both, um, Barb. We actually... You know, we have a training program that we could come in and, and train you and your team members so that you know how to answer questions for the dentist. You know how to understand what the other products, the competitive products are, the features and benefits of them. And then also understand if the doctors are asking for ancillary products that go along with, with the appliance. And you have that choice, you know, to offer those products or basically to have them go back to an ortho orthodontic laboratory to get them. But most of our laboratories pretty much can jump in and run with this uh, at a face value because it is a turnkey solution. Our product comes back to you ready for insertion. It has the 510K approval. You are literally just taking it from the box and delivering it to the, the office for the doctor. We have wow. all the, the information there for them to do the try-ins, what they need to do if adjustments are needed. So the lab really is not put in a situation of having to modify, change, or alter the appliance at all. If there's something that's not right, it doesn't fit correctly, it's basically returned to us and, and we remake it or we work with the dentist to, to go through the fitting process on it. So, again, telemedicine is allowing us to accelerate that. But we also have videos and we have tip sheets that uh, we provide to make 
that in the transition. You and I were talking a little bit earlier, kind of changing gears a little bit, but right now, Dennis, I mean, we're in the middle of the pandemic. Elvis, when is this going to be released? Is that a current topic? Or Yeah, it's always going to be a topic forever. Okay. So go for it. Yeah. So being in the middle of this pandemic and having the ADA kind of tell offices to just do emergency cases, we were talking about the opportunity there to go online and start treating you know, some of these patients online, are you seeing an uptick in that sort of treatment right now? Yes. In, in fact, we're on the precipice of this really blowing up. I was just mentioning to you as we got started, I've been on WebExes pretty much this week from all the sleep manufacturers who are now combining forces and creating packages and creating solutions that they're presenting to sleep doctors. And the message is, the time is now to be, you know, in front of your patients to be helping them because they're home, they're under stress, you know, they yeah, haven't been diagnosed. Yeah. And it's a perfect time to, to begin the process, but also to start a new protocol that could emerge as one of the leading advancements, you know, in this sector. So what has transpired is Beatrice and I have been working on on how we can work with our laboratories and how we can actually create some energy around what's taking shape, but also provide some guidance in how we should be moving forward with this. There's a lot of talk today about telemedicine, the steps that are need to be taken. And then of course, if the patient shows up to protocols that need to be followed by the CDC and, and infectious control so that everyone's safe. And I think that's the first thing we should, we yeah. should make sure that we're operating in a safe environment and that we're doing the same type of precautionary contact and communication with our patient, just like an ER would do. So, that's really the what I, what I want to bring home is the, the message today is we're not trying to create this as a marketing fire drill that everyone needs to run and get involved. We're using it as get informed. And if you feel that you would like to participate with this, if you see the need and then you understand the risk, then we have the tools and we have the pathway to help you get started and accelerate that business. So it's very interesting when you see opportunity that emerges, you know, through trials and crisis like this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just a matter of all the tools were in place, but they weren't being engaged because we were operating under different systems. Mm -hmm. And now with everything being flipped upside down, turned off, stopped, everyone's got to do a reset. And really the innovators in the industry, especially in the sleep side, have begun to, to really focus in on, okay, what is it that we can do legally? And professionally to help these patients that have a medical condition. So that's that's been the the war cry, should I say, that's coming out of the the WebExes and the call to actions that are taking place. And you're going to hear more and more of this as the big companies get involved. I think you also start seeing here some cross uh, communication now as this begins to filter down. And we're happy that we have an opportunity to do it. We're going to again, again, our approach is going to be work directly first through our PPLs, which are preferred partner laboratories. And then, of course, to extend that out to a broader base you know, as this develops. They're saying now. They're, they're not actually saying, don't wait till it reopens. Don't wait till it restarts. Yeah. Start now. And I think that's yeah. what's important for them. You know, for optimistic dentists, doctors, and laboratories to hear, just like you were sharing earlier, that, yes, there's still opportunity. Yes, dentistry is still moving. It's slower. It's more specified. It's emergency care focused, which is all the humanitarian acts we want to, to accomplish. But we also still want to try to keep the lights on and keep our people. Yeah, absolutely. So like you were talking about, some doctors are actually going out and putting ads online. So if a patient, because you know, 
not being able to go anywhere. People are not sleeping. They're grinding. There's probably a fair amount of people that are sore. Their teeth hurt. They can't sleep. And so they go online and they're looking up emergency dentists. And some of these dentists have used that as an opportunity to go online and buy an ad, correct? Absolutely. Uh, I was watching a, a presentation by Bullseye Media. Uh, Mark Fowler is the president over there. And Mark's been engaged in dentistry for I, I'm not here for at least seven, eight, ten years. He worked in double biocare at one time as well. And, and Mark was giving us examples of dentists that are coming to him saying, Mark, what can I do? I don't want to just sit on my home and waiting for my phone to ring. And so he said, well, for a few dollars with Google ads, as you know, they pay as the clicks happen. But you can create some Google ads saying that you are open for emergency care. And what that does is, of course, it puts you at the top of the list when someone searches in a geographical area that you're that you're looking at and i i encourage everyone to go to the computer type in that and just see who pops up because those are the people that are actually the early adapters that are leading the way and then from there it breaks down into our, the readiness that you are to you know get involved if you haven't been involved with telemedicine uh, we now have some webinars and we have some uh, folks that are getting involved with helping train get those tools available there are some free tools that you can use there are also some companies that sell uh, some telemedicine tools you know, that incorporate uh, billing insurance coding and things with them so it, it really depends how far you're going to dip your toe in the water you're going to get started so to speak it's exciting time but we're all kind of feeling our way through the boundaries of getting involved in it what we can what we can't do and we're learning on a day-to-day -day basis how to uh sharp the sauce, so to speak. So we're getting better at it. Yeah. So I took your advice and pulled up emergency, <laughs> emergency dentist as I'm going uh, on my Google on my phone. And there's a fair amount just right around me that are advertising at least 10. So smart. So back to the sleep. So if they do an online treatment plan, or if they meet the dentist online, obviously they've got to come in and get scanned. Is that correct? Yeah. So that's a super fast so they already do the diagnostic, they prepare the insurance, they get everything ready to roll, and then they're going to have to at least go in and get scanned. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. They're going to have to take an impression. But you say scan, but it can still be a regular impression. I mean, you understand, at the end of the day, you put your finger to fit a scanner in your patient mouth, or you put your finger to open the patient mouth and put an impression tray you still yep. put your finger in your patient mouth. <laughs> the risk is pretty much the same. Yep. Agree. But yeah, so the whole concept of doing telemedicine with sleep, that's exactly the opportunity is that you have one appointment of taking the impression. But where we stand out is that our appliance has been very, very well designed and the material have a huge benefit of being, how can I say, when we deliver the appliance, the success rate of not altering needed to adjust the appliance is more than 98%. So that's mean you can also do a delivery of the appliance over FaceTime, Skype whatsoever. You don't need to be with your patient for 98% of your cases. Wow. In that situation with this pandemic right now, it's a huge benefit because acrylic material will not offer this kind of flexibility, I will say, and um, not meaning that acrylic is bad. That's not my point. Just meaning that the, the consistent and the physical aspect of the material might require more of time, a little, you know, drilling here and there, like literally one second. You just take your drill and one second on it and it's perfect fit, but you still have to do it. 
So yeah. versus the nylon material, I have this benefit of having this kind of flexibility material that acrylic-based appliance, like the other famous brand that we know on the market, do not have. It would be one appointment to scan and or take an impression and then another appointment to go in and make sure it fits okay, correct? No, it's exactly one thing. It's one appointment to scan and all the rest is done over FaceTime or Skype, even the delivery. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, exactly. So you just kind of doctor received the appliance with a, a model. He checked the model, make sure everything is fine. And then he literally sent it, you know, by post office to his patient. And he says with the instruction, he says, when you're ready to try for the first time, you call me over a webcam. And now I'm going to tell you with proper instruction how to insert it. Like you insert the lowest, you insert the upper, and then you attach it, put it in your mouth. And if something happened, then you ship back the appliance. We're going we're gonna to see it. And then obviously I'm not going into detail right now, but we do have a whole program that Kim and I were working to support the doctor. If the two person cases happen, there's still solution out there. That's what I'm seeing without having to have properly physical contact with the patient. And then as funny it is, Kim and I, we realized even out of this pandemic, it still can become a, a standard and will allow, I mean, the thing is that in America, we live far away from each other when you think about it. Both U.S. and Canada are big countries. I mean, right. there's some state people are like two, three hours of car to get to their local dentist. Like take everyone that live in the farm in the middle of the country. I mean, that's a lot of car to get to your dentist. So imagine how those patients in any kind of time outside of pandemic will love the idea to connect on FaceTime to receive their product and so on. They only have to do it one time by car and that's it. And this is brilliant thinking because we know that life is going to change after this. Even when we get back to a normal, it's not going to be as normal as it ever was. You've got a lot of people that have a lot of fear and, you know, they're just going to want to change the way they do things. And I can imagine that if you live two hours away, you know, that's a long trip. You take a lot of time out of your day. But if you could do it virtually, I can completely see this taking off. I mean, I realize they have to get in there for a appointment, but one appointment is a whole heck of a lot different than two, three, four appointments. You know, one to get set up and seen, and then you've got to deal with all the insurance, and then you've got to go back in. So I, I really, really love the idea. It's amazing. We get too far down the road. The way that this really works is, of course, there's a lot of upfront work that begins. For the first consultation, when the patient has that initial telemedicine conference with the doctor, they will take them through a series of questions. They'll actually have them put their iPhone or the camera up and they can, they'll say, ah, so they can look in their mouth. There are distinct characteristics of an apnea patient as far as you know, how much opening you have. Basically, if the tongue shape looks in, if it's being thrusted up against the teeth and the scalloping look. And so these indicators will lead the doctor then to have a discussion with the patient. Have you ever been tested for sleep apnea? And if they say no, what they will do then is they'll order a home sleep test, which is a small device about the size of an iPhone that's shipped to the patient. They wear it at home in their bed. It records all of the data. They ship it back to the doctor the next day, or if it's a two-night study, it's two nights. And from there, the doctor uploads all the data, and they get a reading of actually what's going on with that patient. And then based on the scale of the apnea scale, if you're mild, moderate, or severe, there are numbers that associate to that which relate to the AHI, how many times you actually stop breathing per minute, and it wow. establishes a number grade. Then that puts you in the category, in the insurance category of a medical device application, meaning an appliance or CPAP. So 
that's really all takes shape between the first consultation, the shipment of the home sleep test, and then there's a second consultation that takes place with the patient about the action plan of what's recommended for treatment. And then, of course, it accelerates from there into the, the office visit for scanning or impression taking. And then from there, it's the delivery through telemedicine. So there is a little more upfront work, you know, gathering the information on the insurance that they have, all of those things so that you don't get to the end and then you're trying to make up for all the missed spots and steps on it. But again, you can do all that virtually as well, correct? I mean, I, I do yeah. have a friend of mine. He went through that. He got it shipped to him. He wore the device or whatever it was at night, and then he had to send it back to them. And then that's where they scored him as um, having sleep apnea. So I kind of have a little bit of a background onto it. Just, um, that's exactly how it's happening. As yeah. Beatrice said, now it's allowing us to treat patients that otherwise would have to drive an hour or more just to come in to see the doctor, take time off. And the other thought that came up, and it's been resonating through these WebExes, is once we go back to work, is Patients aren't going to want to leave work to come in to go see the dentist during the daytime. So right. there's there's going to be this shift in time uh, between evenings and weekends, appointments as well. And I think that telemedicine offers that opportunity. You can actually run 24-7 if you wanted to. So uh, that's nice. Wanted to let you guys both know that Elvis is, he can't hear us. We can't hear him, but I'm going to keep it going. He texted me a couple questions. I'll let you finish, Beatrice, what you were just going to say. No problem. No problem. I wanted to add something, Barbara, on this whole sleep industry and pandemic stuff right now is also as interesting it is. If I ask you the question, which specialty of physician right now are the most needed within the pandemic? I hope you're going to answer pneumologist because they are the doctor in demand. You know, yeah. because it's a pneumologist, a virus that we have to deal, okay? And who is the physician that is needed for sleep tests in normally in the industry? The same one. Same one. So right now, what's also going to happen is that let's say that tomorrow we got to the point where the pandemic is a non, um, let's say, positive control. Or everything starts to be going well, but still... As long as we don't have a real permanent solution, that might take a, 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 up to a year, a year and all from now having a proper vaccine and so on. Pathologists will be super in demand to control, you know, and get in control of that situation. Plus, they're going to be exhausted when they're going to get out of that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everyone here, I've seen videos of health worker, how much they give a lot of time in institutions like the one in New York right now, the one I went in Italy, in France and so on. So sleep industry will be hit hard by the fact that physician will not be available for that condition because we have this virus that is running out there that have to be under control. So dentists have an opportunity right now to show to the technologists, guys, we're here. You can trust us. We know we are equipped. We can take a big part of this industry and, and help you out with the fact that you will not be able for a long time to take back the control of sleep apnea. So if I was a dentist or a lab today, I will totally invest my time to see how can I join this because there's going to be a shift and that might be permanent once this all be done because as today, still getting a sleep test in a hospital with a pneumologist, it's even in, in, in big city can be a challenge because it's complicated, it's expensive, there's waiting lists depending on where we live. So telemedicine plus dentists in the sleep can have a permanent change in this industry that 
okay, today we talk about COVID-19 everywhere, but I mean, everyone can remember those big impact. We all remember about this uh, train wreck that happened in New York a few years ago where the driver had sleep apnea untreated. And that's exactly why you kill hundreds of people. And it's just one example out of many hundreds of examples happening every day of people. Right now, Kim, you can confirm, but there's a lot of dentists, sleep doctors that give lecture at the moment right now. And one of the first population that they try to help is exactly the health worker. Imagine being a nurse right now that have a sleep apnea problem untreated and you have to do 16, 18-hour shift to treat this pandemic. And also, it's a known fact that when you're tired, exhausted, and you don't have proper sleep, your immunity system is weakened. So that's mean that you're more at risk to grab this COVID-19 virus than if you have proper sleep. And that's a challenge also. So there's something we can do as an industry. I'm sure uh, there's a lot of listeners listening to this podcast, just like I am right now being a part of it going, wow, that's huge. I'm going to look into it like next week. Big time. <laughs> You just have to give us a call, Barb. It will be a pleasure. I will. Trust me. I think it's an absolute direction for us to go, especially now. So switching gears a little bit, are you guys fabricating any PPE at your facilities for hospitals? Oh, as a matter of fact, I'm more than due. I'm about to produce in the next couple of weeks a quarter million of face shield. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. What I did, and as a matter of fact, I do strongly suggest any lab that listen to that to take note because I'm going to share you what I did, and I hope that every lab that hear that will be able to join that. As we know, every day we're in front of 3D printer and dental lab, and we don't realize that it is this is unique. People don't know what is 3D printing. I was invited in some local radio broadcasting here to speak about what is 3D printing. People start to read in newspaper, 3D printer help this hospital and so on. And, and the average common people had never heard about 3D printers. So what happened? I got contacted by a maxillofacial from a local hospital here that says, hey, Beatrice, can you produce this facial mask? So I started to work on a design. And two days after, I was able to print my first prototype. And we started to produce. The problem is that, okay, I have a very big 3D printing capacity because of my company compared to a regular dental lab. But still, it was not enough to support the hundred of thousands that is needed by the local hospital. Okay. So I said... I started to pick up the phone and I called local lab in province of Quebec. And I said, guys, if we join our forces, we'll be able to mass produce. So right now I have dozens of dental labs that use the 3D printer. They send it to me. I assemble everything, disinfect and send it to hospital. What I did also is that I made call on Facebook, on TVs and everywhere that any obvious that house 3D printer, you know, the one you can buy on Amazon. I said, here's the file. I'm going to provide you with raw material. You manufacture for me. I give you a little like, you know, $1 per facial. You send it to me. I pack everything and then resell it at no profit margin, but at least Mm -hmm. to cover my cost. And then like that, I was able to gather more than 1,000 of 3D printer are working for me. Amazing. And my file are all on my website and any dental lab can use them. I made a file for bigger machine and I also made a file that fit in the Form Lab 2 3D printer that is one of the most popular printer in dental lab right now. It's already done. It's easy to access and it's free to use. And I hope that 
as I said, every lab should do that with their local community, gather a couple of lab and try to contact the local citizen that own a 3D printer and all join the fort and call the hospital and says, hey, you know what? We can produce 1,000 per week. And now you start to talk about volume that will make the hospital so happy. Right. I understand giving 10 to the local hospital, you're going to make 10 people happy. But the hospital, it's make for the hospital, it's more complicated than anything else because they need hundreds of thousands you know, or thousand per days, and they are not able, they don't have the manpower to receive 1,000 from hundreds of companies. They will prefer to have one company that provides 1,000 per day or, you know, per week. Yep. So, and now at the moment, I'm also working on a printed uh, ventilator machine. I'm working on a printed N95 mask and working also on some other printed solution like Valve and some other stuff. I have like dozens of projects for hospital here that again, Every time I find something that's useful, I'm going to put it for free on my website and I will say, use it. I love that. I'm seeing a lot of labs in the USA do that as well. They've had a couple different webinars in the last week about, you know, what kind of registration you need to do. How do you do it? How do you fabricate them? And then how do you get them to where they need to go? And it's just been just a wonderful thing for our industry to come together. So I think that's amazing. Thank you very much and your company as well. It's a minimum I mean I, I could do. And, and as I said, it's a nice opportunity for the dental industry to show the hospital, the government, and everyone that live in our country that the dental industry have something that you were not aware of and can make mm-hmm. a huge difference in a situation like that. And once the whole thing is done, I think, the the population will see the dental industry in a different way because of 3D printing. It's an opportunity to shine right now. And I think that every lab should figure out to join that and make a difference because we've been in the dark for years, to be honest. We're the unsung (laughs) heroes. Yep. Another opportunity for us to come out, you know, and be like, hey, we, these are all of the things that we do. And it's going to bring a lot of light to our industry, I believe. Yeah, and it's going to probably accelerate the industry. It's going to mm-hmm. give us opportunity to grow and bring new volume, new solution. Like I said, sleep being one example, but there's maybe a, a lot of other stuff. I know for an example, I read the newspaper this morning and dentists, as su- not that surprising, but they are probably one of the best physician specialty out there that coalesces for the COVID-19 because they are the one that are used to work with a real soul from patient. You know, when you drill a teeth, you receive a lot of stuff in your face. So they know <laughs> what is this reality. Yeah. They are probably more at risk than any other type of specialty of physician. And yep. second, dentists are used to sterilize and aseptize their work uh, place. You know, when you do an implant surgery, you have to work in a place that is surgically clean, you know, that's sterilized. And dentists have all the training. So because of that, I mean, and obviously they have all the basic dental medicine training, you know, they know how to take do the basic stuff, they know how to read a lot of machine. So they could be supportive to the situation and they could be uh, uh, on the front line, as a matter of fact. Here, here. Well said. Thank you for that explanation. I, um, I'm so happy that we have a, a ton of listeners that are listening to this and picking up this information. You're welcome. Yeah. So again, a new question. I, uh, little bird told me you guys had new headquarters. Can you kind of expand on that? Where is it? What does it look yeah. like? Yeah. Move in. We got this beautiful 40,000 square feet building that we just built in Quebec City. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this pandemic, I was forced to cancel my grand opening. It's just a matter of postponing it. 
Okay, yeah. it's going to be postponed, but we're going to do a super big visit because we are, as today, the biggest CAD CAM center in North America and probably in the world because we're not a dental lab that do CAD CAM. We're not any an implant company that do CAD CAM. We're only a CAD CAM company. That's the only thing I do. And it's brand new. Uh, we got hundreds of 3D printing manufacturing machine right here under the roof. You know, it's feel a little, this kind of Silicon Valley design, super open, light, funny. You should see the um, the feeling in, in the workplace. It's just like hilarious. We, make, we have a lot of fun. We make it uh, fun to work here and still very clean. I'm super proud of our new headquarter. I Just as I said, we were supposed to invite any one from the industry to join us in Quebec City. We had this amazing resort that we rented and I had to cancel everything. I'm so sad. So congratulations. And that's a bummer. When was that? Was it like this month? It was, it was scheduled for June, June 20. Yeah. But now, you know, the situation is too yeah. risky to, to go on with it. So we told ourselves, let's postpone it and redo something. We had the mayor of the city that was in, invited. We had our prime minister that probably will have joined us for the grand opening. I mean, it's just like crazy. But I mean, it just like I said, it's postponed. It's going to be bigger, but we're going to make it happen. And then the idea was that within the visit, we also wanted to make something called the Pantra Days. That will have been like a full day of high-end training and go in detail of everything we spoke right now. And, you know, like we had 15 international speakers, a lot of names that are well-known in the industry was coming to speak for us. But, you know, it's just, you know, postponed. That's not the end of the world. It isn't the end of the world, and it's going to be a safer world when you guys do that. So uh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I've heard a lot of interesting information, mostly on Facebook and social media about the Panthera Cup. Yep. Can you tell us uh, and our listeners a little bit about that or a whole lot about that? Yeah, so here's part what I suggest. I can tell you, obviously, but I think you should consider you and Elvis to maybe redo another podcast specialized on that, and we should invite maybe one or two participants that went to the Master Cup so you can have their point of view, and I can and bring you my point of view and maybe even one jury member so we you know we have a complete chat about that that's a great idea i think we created something that is never seen in the industry my idea you know i'm a car enthusiast also in life and mm-hmm. something i love about different type of racing and i'm going to i'm going to take an example one american famous sport nascar what is great about nascar I'm not a super fan of NASCAR, but I, I, one thing I love about NASCAR is every car have the exact same engine, exact same power, exact yeah. same layout and everything. It, it, for little teeny detail, they are exactly the same car. So what makes the difference is the actual driver, the pilot. So you really know at the end of a NASCAR race who was the good driver and who was not. And I mm-hmm. said, let's do a dental contest for dental technician with the same concept. I don't want to be have a dental technician have better network or more money to win. I want them to have the exact same challenge and the skill and the talent will make them win or lose. Okay, so that's why I created that Master Cup in honor of this dental technician industry because of my father. And it's been the this year was the fourth one. And I'm super amazed by what happened with that. There's the first winner, Mark Williamson, is a regular employee at a dental lab in Chicago area. 
No one knew him more than anything else. It was just a regular dental technician working. Today, he gave lecture all around America and Canada. I mean, his schedule is full out because he won this contest. Wow. I'm so happy what happened. And believe me, this guy is also happy. His life has totally changed. Good for him. Yeah. So as I said, I mean, this contest is so big that I would love to come back on your podcast. But next time bring, you know, uh, like, for example, probably Mark would love to join us and probably bring also one that, that did the jury with us to explain how happened, how this went, and then why we do that, and what is the next, and, and why every technician that believes they're not possible winner should still try. Because every year, when I heard a story, the one that win is the one that was sure that it will end the last. I love that. I think that's a fantastic idea. So uh, Elvis and I will put together a separate podcast, and we'll have a jury, a winner, yourself and Kim and you guys can explain all of it and yeah that's pretty awesome I can tell by winning something like that it would bring a lot of publicity and therefore a lot of business so I congratulate you on that as well on behalf of all the technicians around the country and the world so that's pretty much all I have I know we kind of lost my partner Elvis which usually doesn't happen he's usually the one that goes solo and I'm not so I appreciate (laughs) you both Kim and Beatrice joining us today on our podcast fantastic interview. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I learned a lot. There's a lot of opportunity out there right now, and I'm going to absolutely be in touch. I really think I'm missing out on the sleep apnea. So thank you for explaining everything to us and spending the time with us today. I'm sure you're both in quarantine or maybe you're not, but stay safe and keep yourself healthy. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank A big thank you to Beatrice and Kim for coming on our podcast. What a great and inspiring conversation. Panthera is doing some great things, and we encourage everyone to head over to their website to see all of the great things they are doing and to get SDL files that you can print yourself to help with the PPE shortage. We will keep you up to date on when they reschedule the Panthera Days event, and we will talk to them again about the Panthera Master Cup. I think that's going to be a great interview as well. Good stuff. Well done, Barb, on finishing that up. Sorry my internet here at home was terrible. Yeah, sucks to be you. Sorry. (laughs) So I am heading out for another run. Oh, I think you told me you did 158 miles in April. 158 miles in April, so good for you. This quarantine has given me a lot of free time, so... (laughs) It's 85 degrees here in Florida. Absolutely beautiful. A little bit of a wind. I left my running shoes outside, so they're actually sitting in front of me on the asphalt right now, drying out. Why are they drying out? Does your feet sweat that much? No, I left them out (laughs) in the rain. I left them outside and it poured. So I had to pour the water out and I've got them sitting outside on the asphalt outside in the night dental drying up so I can go for a run tonight. Nice. So hopefully everything will be getting back up to speed here and uh, we can start seeing some work come in. Yep. We'll keep everybody up to date. Maybe next week we'll have an update with Bennett. So stay tuned. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Have a great week. Bye. See ya. Welcome to the podcast, Elvis. (laughs) Oh, come on. I'm listening.